Welcome to the Human Design Profiles, an entrepreneurship podcast. I'm Chantelle, your host. I'm a 1-3 MG. I'm also a small business strategist, workshop facilitator, and author for small business owners. This podcast that you're listening to is an active learning experiment. It's all about how we experience entrepreneurship on an individual level and how we work that around with our own self-awareness. Each episode is a profile of a human design enthusiast and business owner who's here to share how their personal profile lines influence their business journey. And today I'm connecting with Steph, an American expat now living in Iceland, who started their entrepreneurial <laughs> journey 18 years ago as a photographer, <laughs> as a mindset strength wizard for folks in high profile positions and a high end sales expert for creative entrepreneurs. Steph helps you with your brain to become radically self-confident and hit your next level by busting through all the barriers. She has an uncanny talent for helping you transition from having success to creating more success, power, influence, and money for yourself as you break into the next level. So whether you're an industry leader, getting to the top of your brokerage, heading into career or a life pivot, or looking to step into the high-end booking of your industry, Steph can help you navigate the space that's in between to get to that next level that you're so capable of dominating. Have a listen while today's guest, Steph, a three, five shares her story while you read between the lines. I've never heard anyone like introduce me with all that. That's fun. Feels good, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's nice. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you have a three, five profile and yes. you see yourself as an ignition point. How was that metaphor shaped by human design and how was it shaped more specifically by your three, five profile? I think it's a combo of the manifester part and the three, five as well. So mm -hmm. the ignition point is like, <laughs> once I like realized this, my whole life changed. I was just like, oh, now I get why everything else feels so hard, <laughs> right? Because I'm just the ignition point. So the the three is all about the trial and error, right? The experiment. For a really long time, I kind of internalized it because I was conditioned, you know, a lot of conditioning with human design before you figure it out. To think it was failure, right? And like mm -hmm. a lot of just like, bumping into things and like, what is going on? So I think the ignition point comes from that part of the three where it's a lot of experimentation. And because I have so, so many things to figure out what worked for me, I have this plethora of knowledge for everyone else. Mm -hmm. And I'm a coach. So I'm often helping people with their own thoughts and, you know, experiences in their life. So having this wide knowledge base of, I think, random things helps me ignite ideas and direction and clarity and all this within people. And then the five is the leadership point. So it's like, I help ignite a change, shake things up, figure out a new way to do things, new ideas, new ways of thinking. And then the five, like, takes it to the masses, right? Mm. Takes it to people in a leadership role. And then the manifester part of all of that with the ignition point is we're really there to like, really just like, it's like a, a match, right? It's like that ignition point to get the flame going. And then I hand the flame off to the generator to like <laughs> do something with the flame. So I mm. think 
having that three and that five helps me figure out the ignition point with the greater world of what I'm doing and how I'm helping people with their flame and their spark and all that. Yeah. Right. I know you have a group program called High End Alchemy. How does that show up? in that way? Like, how do you actually do that ignition point in a group program? Yes. So this whole program is literally my manifester, my three and my five, like the whole thing. So my background, as you mentioned, is a photographer. When I started out in photography, like everybody, when they're starting out in the business world, you try on a lot of stuff, you figure out the industry standards, and then you try to abide by it, right? And you just try to do business in the way that most people are doing business. And in my journey, once I got to the point of realizing, oh, I'm a rule breaker, this is the three here, like, (laughs) I'm a rule breaker, I don't like doing things how other people do things, I love to innovate new ideas. And like, I see problems with how some of this is in the photography world of weddings specifically. I I changed everything. Yeah, yeah. Very status quo there. Everybody tries to have the same packages and the same pricing and the same branding and the same words and the same everything. And I'm just not that kind of person at all, obviously. So, So I changed everything. And so before I came to Iceland, I really carved a whole different niche and way to serve clients, which then was able to bring my pricing into the five figure minimum, which was kind of unheard of for elopements because people think elopements are like cheaper. So anyway, the whole program is literally me mapping out. Here's what I did. And here's how you can shake things up. Here's how you can add more of an experience into your experience for your clients to get high end pricing. So like the whole thing is like just literally just breaking how you think you need to do things, right? Which is the three. And then the five is me teaching it (laughs) to people in Mm. mass. (laughs) So yeah. I love what you said about an experience within an experience. That was like a good goosebump moment. I also am very invested in client experience. It's always been something that's been interesting to me. And I love getting into each of my clients' client experience. Yes, Uh, yes. It's so fun because everybody's so different and like Mm -hmm. the magic people can bring to their own brand. That's my favorite part as the three and the five and the manifester. I just like crack open like this box that they've been keeping their ideas in, right? Where they have those little sayings, you know, in the back of their head where it's like, oh, that's too stupid or nobody (laughs) would like that or like who would pay for that, you know? And Uh like when you can actually get people to just be creative and like their own magic within their own business and they realize like oh I'm a photographer but I can also do this other bigger impact within my brand Mm -hmm. that's where I feel called it's my favorite part because everybody's business should look so different the more different it is the more that you are in your business the more of you that you're giving into your experience the higher caliber of a service you can offer you know so I just love it it's the best part (laughs) it's so fun yeah I think a big thing with three lines are surfacing those ideas. I know I do a lot of, well, why not try that? And clients yeah. are clients are like, well, you know, yeah. like, no, well, I don't know. Why don't we try it? Exactly. <laughs> you know? Yes. Yes. And I, yeah. I'm like, well, have you thought like one of the things that I do all the time with my clients, they'll be like, do I do this or do this? And I'm like, well, why not option C? And they're mm-hmm. like, 
I didn't know that was a thing. And I'm like, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> yeah. And a lot of, I don't love the term handholding, but it's a little bit like that. So many times I've been sitting on calls and saying to people, okay, well, let's start that now. And they're like, well, I don't know. And it's that three line. We have to try it ourselves. We have to actually yeah. start to be able to see if that's the right way for you. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And experience it. And yes. like, while we're experiencing it, listening to our, you know, authority for me, it's since I'm splenic, it's like this weird, like ringing deep knowing kind of thing. Oh. Like, yeah, it's really weird. Like my husband, he is, he's a generator and his authority is the what is it the yes no authority sacral. so like he yep. yeah sacral yeah so he hears he'll like feel his body going yes or no right mm-hmm. and he'll hear it in a different way and for me it's like this ringing like vibrating like deep knowing in my gut it's so strange but like you have to experience it to know like that's right am I feeling this authority this decision making when there's no other way and something that you said the hand holding Mm-hmm. I kind of like to think of it as threes because we're so comfortable just throwing spaghetti at a wall. And if it sticks, it sticks. If not, we'll find different spaghetti, you know, like <laughs> it's just the way that we are. Once you stop taking it personal as a failure and realize it's just an experience, like mm-hmm. I think, do you watch Ted Lasso? I did. I loved Ted Lasso. Watched okay. the whole thing. <laughs> okay, great. Because I'm about to make a reference. <laughs> you know, when he talks about this scene of going through the dark forest, I always feel like us as threes, we're like the hand through the dark forest, you know, like they can't see, it's not illuminated for them. And so it's more like guiding them through this dark forest, you know, more so than hand holding. That's how I like to think of it. That's like, right. We have a comfort with what's murky. Yes, in a way that the trees others do not. Yes, yes. (laughs) So, with three line, with this trial and error, with failing being a huge part of the journey, do you have any stories? Because people just love examples of a three line (laughs) win and a three line fail. Yeah, I mean, I feel I feel like most business things are a fail (laughs) till they're not. Right. So like, I feel like my whole first, I would say like five to seven years in business was just like, fail after fail after fail, but also learning and moving forward. So it was like, you're still making money and you're still doing the thing, but you're like, I don't know. It's so almost disheartening for so long. Right. Cause it just, you're just like, failing and failing and failing. And then all of a sudden it clicks and you're like, oh, that's who I should be working with. Got it. Right. Or like, oh, that's what I should be doing in my packages. Got it. So like, I think when it comes to my photography business, it really was just failure and me just not getting off the horse for so long and then you know eventually it clicked and then eventually it was just like a skyrocket and it all fell into place there and then with coaching girl coaching offers like going from learning how the world works with photography Mm -hmm. and trying to translate that into coaching no so it was a lot of failing I can I can relate to that Yeah, there's something very different about marketing coaching compared to marketing something that has a product. 
a tan, uh, like a tangible, a tangible product. product. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Like the, your, your clients are getting like a, a gallery of images and my yes. brand web clients were getting a functioning live website. It's exactly. very different to go to offering those more murky, I guess. Yes. <laughs> to come back yes. to that three line word. It's very different marketing that I found. Yes. And I realized too, the buyer's intent when they're looking for things totally different. Mm -hmm. So like I had a lot of, yeah, failure with the coaching world at first, not in my coaching abilities, but in the marketing side of the business, Mm -hmm. I've sales is the same either way in my experience, but the marketing was just so different. So it was a lot of a lot of failing in marketing, trying to find my feet because the photography world, I could be true to my manifesting ways, which is bursts of energy, kind of be behind the scenes. Like you don't have to act like a generator, right? Like in the photography world. So I built my business completely on authentic relationships, which as a manifester and, you know, being like so throaty in the, you know, the human design world, when I talk to people and connect with people, they want to hire me. Right. So that was very easy on that side and building my SEO. Like I'm obsessed with SEO and all that. So that was super easy because I could do a burst of energy, recover, burst of energy, recover, go, you know, shoot the wedding, recover. So I had a lot of the go forward, relax, go forward, relax, right? But then once I got into coaching, because the search intent is different for people that are wanting help with their business, they're hardly ever a little bit more now, now that business coaching is kind of more of a known thing, but like, they're not like going on the computer, like how to hire a business coach, you know, we're like, in (laughs) photography, it's like, wedding photographers in Iceland, you know, like, Mm -hmm. so simple. So I had a lot of failure when I first started the coaching side of stuff. uh, Because once I got I had a lot of word of mouth clients, but then I was like, I'm gonna try the online marketing thing. Most of the advice I feel like that's out there for the online world is very much for generators and manifesting generators where it's Mm -hmm. like, a lot of energy all the time, consistency, you see everybody talk about, right? So I had a lot of failures there because I would crash and burn and crash and burn and crash and burn. When you're burnt out, especially as a manifester, like people can tell (laughs) in your marketing, people can tell if it's not authentic. And I don't know, it was a whole lot until I, I finally realized like, not going to be doing most of this anymore. <laughs> and then, mm. oh, here we go. Yeah. All right. Now it's working. <laughs> so yeah. Being yeah. a non-sacral with your energy, not being constant. How yes. have you learned to work with that? What changes did you make? Yeah. So I think the first real change is just acceptance and just like really trying to uh, condition yourself (laughs) with all the things that you've been doing. And so I first just accepted that like, well, I can't work like that. I don't like to work like that. I've never wanted to work like that. And I've known that, but I've thought, oh, well, I I have to, right? Mm -hmm. And so this is also part of the three of like, kind of following the rules until you figure out what rules you want to break, 
or what change you want to make or how to do it differently. So that was the first part. Uh, and then I don't use social media for marketing. Like I have a Instagram that I've had for like 15 years or something of not business. So I don't count that because I hardly ever use it. And yeah, I just don't do it. So I don't do that. I work three days a week for four hours, like hard. And mm -hmm. I flipped the script too, which really helped. So I used to try to work in like work hours and it just like wasn't working out. I would feel <laughs> so burnt by the end of the day still. And like, I also play roller derby going to practices and like I coached the team and it was just like, what's happening with my life. So I switched it. So I work from six in the morning for, and then I work for four hours and then I accept that's good enough and I'm done. So then I have the rest of the day to recover my battery, <laughs> my manifestor battery. Mm -hmm. And I have Wednesdays off. If I'm in the middle of a launch or something, I'll do a little something, but it, it has to be from the couch. That's my <laughs> like my rule. It has to be something I can do from the couch. So no coaching calls uh, or anything like that. And let's see what else. My offers... So the way that I set up my group program is so I can kind of like get in and get out, facilitate questions, get out, that kind of stuff. What else? The retreat, because it's only once a year. And so I can give my all for these three days and then back out and relax instead of like a consistent do this many times a year kind of thing. Uh, ah, I'm sure there's more, but I've been talking a lot. <laughs> Since we're on the topic of the activate retreat, yes. tell me more about what that once a year looks like. And I know yeah. in the three line, you are trying new things every time. So yes. uh, maybe talk about what you're trying this go around for the one coming up yes. in August. Yeah. So this retreat is also ever evolving, right? Because as a three, you do something, you experience it and you see how you can refine it and change it and just, you know, do all that. But the core of the offer is always the same. It's mm -hmm. always to help people get to their next level, ignite them and find the path into this next level. We release a bunch of stuff, the things that are holding them back when they come to Iceland. So the people that come are always in this like transitional phase so I have some people where they are maybe have multiple businesses and they're thinking of letting one go and they're not sure if they should. Some people that are business owners going through divorce, some people that are trying to figure out what their next move is because they're kind of sick of the business that they have, or they want to raise the next level of their business, but they feel like stuck in pricing, stuck with the client, stuck in the experience. So it's a lot of moving and hiking. And I take them to locations that match the exercises that we're doing. Oh, yeah. So cool. I, I use Iceland in it. So like, my, I don't know if you read anything on my site, but like me coming to Iceland was like, definitely part of my like manifester way of moving through the world. But it like healed me. And it's the first time I felt peace, which is so important to me as a manifester. And like, it's, I want to show people the power that the nature here has. So I really use it like as the second coach almost, you know? So oh, that's fascinating. yeah, 
Yeah. So it's outdoors the whole time. We're not sitting in a cabin. Like I'm taking people places in the highlands all over. And so mm-hmm. we do exercises the whole time. And as a coach and as a master coach and a hypnotherapist, we also do a lot of like unconscious mind work and some uh, guided hypnosis and things like that to really like zhuzh up the things that they need to, you know, ignite that spark and really feel inspired with like, oh, I know what I want to do. Oh, that makes so much sense now. Oh, I can see this, you know, like that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. So it's so fun. <laughs> that is a fascinating use of place. I love it. <laughs> it's so fun. <laughs> Yes. Did you, did you like trial Iceland by going there to visit first? Oh my gosh. So (laughs) I, yes, kind of, it was a total fluke. So I was living in Brooklyn for like, I want to say like four years at that point, I was over it because I am not meant to be living in a big city, but I moved there from Orlando because I was like, I just want to get my butt kicked like in business. I'll be the best (laughs) photographer ever. And like New York will do it, you know? So (laughs) I literally on a whim, I bought a one-way ticket. And 10 days later, I was in New York homeless, like (laughs) doing houseplant, like watching for people when they were on vacation, right? So (laughs) anyway, so I was in Brooklyn, totally over everything. And my best friend that I grew up with was like, we're going to Iceland, her and her little sister. And she was just like, you want to go? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, well, it's in, I forget how many days. It was like really short notice. And I was just like, yes, I'm going. And so I came here and I've always been interested in Iceland just because I'm a big nerd and like Lord of the Rings is very inspired by Icelandic sagas and folklore and all of that. So I always like wanted to come, but then something happened. I had to be here basically by myself and it hit me like a ton of bricks. It was like this deep knowing that this is my future. It was so weird. I was like coming up a hill. It was in February. Our sun doesn't come up until really late in the day and it doesn't (laughs) even lift off the horizon. It just like hangs for a second and then like it goes back down. So I was driving up a hill right as the sun peaked the horizon line and I could actually see what I was driving through. And it was just like this untouched magical winter wonderland because we don't have trees here. So it's just like this endless vastness with the sun, like this pink glow, the mountains, there was a, a lake in front of me and I was just like, I literally live in like a moldy basement. What am I doing with myself? Right? Like this is what I'm Mm -hmm. supposed to do. So it was, yeah, this really strange deep knowing. And then later in that trip, I met this really quirky artist lady. I think she was in her sixties and she hired me and flew me back to Iceland a few months later to shoot for her. She owns a travel company and I was just like, yep, this is it. And so I spent years just coming here. By the end, before I got my visa, I was coming here every 10 days to two weeks, like back and forth, back and forth. And I finally got to move here. When things like clicked for me, like we talked about before, I was sitting in this little town in the East Fjords called Seydisfjord there. I was snowed in, we couldn't get out. And I was just like, I'm going to work on my business and I'm going to make it exactly like I want to make it. Like my three had finally done the cycle that it needed. My manifestorness was ready to take off. And I completely wiped everything that I Mm -hmm. had been doing 
changed my brand completely, like really just changed everything. And then once I got back, it took off like a wildfire. And then I ended up here. So in the retreat, I just love to show people the the power that the nature has because it's like, it's so hard to describe. Have you ever been here? I haven't. No, but I, I live in Canada and not, yeah, that, not okay. that I'm saying that Canada is like Iceland, but I mean, I yeah. can relate to, to the months of dark and cold. Yeah. And like being around all the mountains and, you know, the stillness and the quietness, the power that nature has. Well, yeah. if you ever come to Iceland, you let me know and I'll give you a fun tour. <laughs> <laughs> So let's shift gears into talking about the manifestor energy of informing. What's one way that <laughs> informing looks for you? Once you made all those changes to your business, you changed the brand, you changed the offers, you changed everything. What was that informing like then? And what is informing like now? I think <laughs> being a, a manifestor and a three, the informing bit has been a really important piece to figure <laughs> out because... <laughs> you're experimenting and doing a bunch of stuff and being a manifester and just making moves and not waiting on anybody. I was confusing the hell out of a lot of people all the time. I'm sure of it. In photography, I don't think it mattered because everything was so behind the scenes and like the way that you market is just totally different. So if I or wanted to do anything, no one would know because they weren't following me for years. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. they find you, you have a consult, they hire you, you shoot the job, you generally don't speak to them again. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like totally different thing. But in coaching, the informing how I realized it. So I would do this thing where I would be like, I'm going to behind the scenes, create a whole product, not tell anybody about it. <laughs> And then I'm just going to drop it and be like, the sales are going to come, right? <laughs> I didn't inform anybody about anything. I just made this whole thing without anybody else's input. And I just did it. So I had a lot of that at first where I was just like, I'm going to throw this offer out. And then I'm just going to like, wait for the money, you know, wait for the clients. This is going to be awesome. No, that is not how it works. So now I've realized, aside from how to actually launch something, the informing part is actually a lot longer than a typical mm -hmm. launch window, I've realized. The informing actually starts like when I'm actually thinking of something. Mm -hmm. It's not like when you're in like a 12-week pre-launch window, you know, it's like way back. And then like keep talking about it and keep telling people what you're going to do, what you're going to do. And then... If you change ideas, because three, it happens, <laughs> that's fine, I realize. You just tell people about it. Mm -hmm. Tell them you're going to move. You're going to do something different. And here's why. And here's why it's better for you, right? Because usually the change is because of that. So yeah, I realize that informing is like a lot more informing than you probably think you need to do. And do you do that normally through email and podcast and that yes. since you're not so much on social? Yes. So mm -hmm. I've been talking about the next round of high end alchemy opening again for since April. Yes. And it's opening in February. Mm -hmm. So a lot of talking about it, talking about some of the refinements that I'm doing, things like that. 
through the podcast, through email list, through my own personal Facebook, through, I do blog also because I love SEO. Yeah, that's mainly it. That's mainly what I'd like to focus on. I do think that people love to hear a good example of someone who's managed to make it without a huge reliance on social because that feels like the dream. (laughs) You really made it. Yes. Most people think it's all social and I'm like, it's not though. Mm -hmm. Meet people. I think that's something a lot of people bypass. The internet is there and it feels easier because you can like, you know, be laying on your couch and you're like, I'm going to make a post and it just like feels easier, but it's, I don't think it is, at least for me as a manifester, it's Mm -hmm. so much easier for me to meet people in real life as well. at like events and stuff like that. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I just, I don't like social. (laughs) I really don't. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. And let's talk about a little bit about the five line now. Uh, Mm. I know there's a lot of language out there with the five about like the projections and all of that. Has that been something that's come up for you and how have you handled that? Yes. I think that we're always in like a projection field. And I think a lot of it too is like when you are leading or, you know, whatever, people have opinions, right? And people are always projecting. um, Also too, with the manifester, like they're (laughs) projecting if they think you're moving too fast or you're just like doing something that's sending the shockwaves kind of thing. So yeah, I feel like for most of my life, I would take it very personally for a long time. Like if people were projecting whatever they thought on me, I would take it as what I'm doing isn't good enough or like what I'm trying to say isn't good enough. Or I would, I get this thing a lot too, where like if somebody's asking for help and I know the help, I'll suggest the help and then people will like pile on sometimes, you know? And so I've had to just remind myself that like I wasn't, helping those people you know so like it's cool (laughs) don't take it personally I also have ADHD and so I think I've always been really like what's the word like mm, cognizant of being Mm. misunderstood anyway I think this is actually something I'm still working through like I am not over that part of the five line by any means that's probably yeah that's yeah (laughs) that's fair especially because the five is in your unconscious Mm-hmm. side as well right like it makes sense yes. the three is a little bit more prevalent and obvious for you and the five is exactly. a little bit more of a background program running exactly exactly yeah yeah and you have a tendency to describe yourself as a disruptor so creating your business to look like something else all that doesn't work for you you want to be here mm-hmm. to disrupt and then yeah. lead into that new way of doing or being did this language around being a disruptor come up as a result of your human design journey or how would you say that you came to that realization I yeah I never thought what I was doing was anything special before figuring out human design like well one I I knew I'm different because I'm you know neurodivergent so like growing up I always knew I was different and thought that a lot of the ways that I kind of disrupt processes, disrupt rules, things like that. Growing up, I just thought, I just kind of think differently. And so I didn't really put much language around it or much weight on it even. Mm -hmm. And I actually hid uh, for a long time. Like I 
was scared to show people like, why are you doing it that way when you can like take out these three steps and get there faster with the same result? You know, like I just, I was always like scared to put myself out there in that way. I would always call it rule breaking. That's kind of how I looked at it was just like, okay, figured out how the machine works. And like, I don't like the machine. So I'm going to take the parts and build one that I like. That's kind of how I've always done it and thought of it. Mm -hmm. But then once I found human design and I was reading about this, I was like, oh, I guess I do disrupt the status quo of things. But I like to think of it more as like in their own minds, like disrupting their thoughts and stuff like that. So I feel like the disruptor word like when I think of it I don't know about you but like I always think of like the big tech giant that's like the (laughs) industry disruptor you know and I'm like I don't do that so identify with that but I do use it because that is technically what I'm doing which Mm -hmm. I did get from human design Mm -hmm. specifically interesting so in your human design learning journey are there any resources that stand out for you any pieces that really made things click yeah You know, I fell down this like rabbit hole, somebody on my personal Facebook, someone that is in like the photography world, they made a post about human design. And I was interested in Enneagram. And they asked me because I said something about my Enneagram. And he was like, well, what's your human design? And I was like, what's that? And so I figured out what my design was. And I read just a short thing on just manifester. And I was like, yeah, that totally fits. And then I completely forgot about it. Mm -hmm. And then semi-recently within this year, someone brought it up again. And I was like, oh yeah, there's that thing. And so I just started looking up blogs. I read probably like 800 different blogs and like totally fell down the hole. But yeah, I was just reading a bunch of people's own interpretations, right? I was just writing everything down and I was like, this clicks. So I can't remember like a specific one that popped out on me. I was just Googling and there's a bunch of like HD something, something. And for like, I would say a week straight, I just read the internet of human design (laughs) and was just like, this is amazing. Anything I could find, I just like consumed, which is also part of the three, right? (laughs) So like, I was totally doing the thing. So Yeah, I literally, if you're listening and you're like, I don't know, just Google (laughs) and read. That's what I did. And Mm -hmm. it it just like totally clicked. So this has been a very high energy conversation, which I've loved. We're going to ground that energy a little bit and get into our ritual where I draw a specific custom human design affirmation card for you based on your three, five profile. And of course I'm using the cards created by Christina from glow, glow juice HD. We'll start by just taking a deep breath in together. You and I, Mm -hmm. and letting that go. The card that I have chosen is I am not at fault when people misjudge my capacity. I am allowed to say no. Do I need to set a new boundary or expectation? Mm, I love that. Yes, that's very fitting for like what I've been working with with that new schedule thing that I've been flipping the script on. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's a new switch. Yeah, I've only been doing that for three weeks, and I have oh, been okay the most productive I've ever been in my life. 
Wow. And I'm not tired anymore. Okay. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I've been saying a lot of no's lately (laughs) with things. If it falls Mm -hmm. outside of like what I know that I need to recharge my little manifester battery, I'm very Mm -hmm. much saying no. And also with myself, because I put a lot of pressure on myself. I'm a high achiever. So telling myself no and telling Mm -hmm. myself it's okay if I do the thing tomorrow or I've (laughs) I always do this thing this is a very ADHD thing but where I think I can do like three months of work in like a day (laughs) right yeah so is it it called time blindness is that the yes yeah I wish you could see around me I have like so many things around me for organization (laughs) stuff and I'm still like oh no I can do all of that so telling myself no and like breaking up projects, you know, throughout the week or two weeks also has been a new boundary that I've set with myself also that's working out swimmingly. That's <laughs> so great. That. Yeah. So that fits. Wonderful. For new people listening who want to get into your world, maybe hear more yeah. about high-end alchemy or the activate yeah. retreat, how can they mm. do that? They can go to stephzakis, my name, .com and see all of those things or join me on my podcast, Your Next Breakthrough. I just changed the name, by the way. Manifester, (laughs) just make it moves again. I did it literally after we connected. Oh, wow. Uh, I was like, like, oh, she's going to think that I did something weird. Yeah, I I changed the name to Your Next Breakthrough from Alkalizer Weird. Fantastic. I will link to those in the show notes for sure. 